see a fight between Namor and Aquaman when Namor just beats the fuck out of Aquaman. Namor yeah, right. would wreck, wreck Aquaman. <laughs> Not only am I the Where Prince of Atlantis, but I have powers as well. What? <laughs> Blur! <laughs> <laughs> Fish, help. Help, fish. Help. I'm getting kicked out. I'm getting hey, ass Aquaman. kicked by a dude with fucking wings on his boots. Help. Hey, hey, Aquaman. Meet me in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll take care of this we'll shit. We'll take care of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Drop you in the middle of the fucking Sahara Desert. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, that fuck up Namor, too. Oh, no, I think I think Namor was a bit different, though. No, it's uh, if pollution hits him. It was yeah. pollution. his power. That's yeah. it. It's not. He doesn't need to be near water. So in the middle of the desert, he's still a bee. He's still a oh, shit. force. <clears throat> clean fucking air out yeah, here. Yeah, clean air. <laughs> All right. Uh, we, for this the episode. The Toxic Avenger would fuck Namor up. <laughs> <laughs> he would just destroy Namor with that mop, that dirty mop. <laughs> ah, Vince, dirty mop in the face. It's like, oh. Imperious Rex this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so essentially Namor is Captain Planet. Andy does love some Andy. It's like you're inside of my head. What is your fascination with Peter? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. Dear future me, don't go to the courthouse. The moral of the story is don't leave your martial arts equipment and your other coat in a parallel dimension. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. (laughs) I'm Andy and I like every comic that's ever been made. I would not go to Jonathan Frake's booth because I would get space herpes. And now your hosts, Luke Matthews. So the the trade paperback comes with the first six issues. Andy Pinnell. That Andy guy looks like he got hit with a bat in the face. Eddie Isaac. I, I said Walking Dead book number seven, and her head just went flat to the table. It was awesome. It was like, yeah, that piddly garbage there. And Joel Simon. I have nothing to say. It, huh? it, that's why I'm on this podcast, right? Welcome to the Phantom Zone. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome, everybody, to episode 40 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Luke Matthews, and I am joined today by Joel Simon. Sup, sup. Eddie Isaac. Hola. Andy Padel. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's me right now. I am I am fuckered somehow. I am like uh, I got like an hour and a half of sleep last night. I spent most of last night kind of feeling like I needed to throw up, and uh, woke up at seven thirty this morning, ready to go, and then woke up again at nine thirty with my wife or nine o'clock with my wife going, Luke, get out. You got to go to the podcast. I'm like, son of a bitch. Uh, love so, that woman. at some point in there, he was chloroformed. That's what happened. I'm sure <laughs> yeah. it was. You know, I had that same. I think we were talking about it earlier. I had that same sickness, and it did the same exact thing to me. It just like, just totally destroyed me. I was no good for for about two days. I was, was I was waiting for you to be like two years. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, right? I was just constantly shitting. I was peeing <laughs> my butt for two years. I, I used to weigh four hundred pounds. Two years straight. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> this episode, we are talking about an IDW book by Chris no Robertson. Caffeine. We are talking. I'm gonna turn your fucking mic off. See, I'm just gonna unplug you. 
Uh, that's the problem. <laughs> the yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> Luke has been defeated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll just throw that softball up there for you. <laughs> like, Here, here's the wiffle ball. I don't know if you can hit this. Eddie won, Luke zero. Fucking T-balled that one for you. Just, Here you go. Ding. <laughs> All right. Uh, for this for this episode, we read uh, the IDW book Memorial. It is by Chris Robertson and Rich Ellis. Uh, it came out in the at the end of 2011. Um, we will we will discuss that going forward. But we'll start the show like we always start by uh, asking people what they have been reading recently. Start with Andy. I'm actually uh, rereading DMZ because now that it's done, I want to get the whole thing sort of in. A relatively short time frame. Oh God! I hope they put that in hard covers. I I, I think they will. That's um, a Vertigo book, though, right? Yes. Uh, which means they're gonna fucker the hard covers just like they do with the, the rest of their like like Not, Preacher took four fucking yeah. years to come out in hard in like the hard covers started and then took four years to finish. I never bought the hard covers of because I had the singles and I was just like, you know what? I want to leave this in the format that I originally read it. Uh, I've no, I had never read Preacher private. Pri- Previously, so I uh, I previously previously hundred bullets is the same thing. They've got three hardcovers out in the last two years, and the rest of them are just like languishing. It's like just put them the fuck out so people can buy them. Anyway, I'm sorry. So uh, what? A, what book did it in on? DMZ. Yeah. Um, there are eleven volumes or twelve okay. volumes. I th- yeah, I thought it ended on thirteen. I I don't think I've read the last book, but I really enjoyed that series. Like the whole Parco <laughs> arc, like is amazing. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just yeah. the story. Like, Luke, have you read DMC? I have not. Uh, I'll let it to you when I'm done with yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's Brian Wood. I know, and I will read pretty much anything Brian Wood does now. Because he's good. Because um, he's amazing. Um, I'm, but I already talked about that on the last show, so, yeah. so DMC. Uh, DMC, I mean, that's quite a bit of graphic novel reading material. Yeah. And I've kind of been busy with other stuff. So Busy? Some of us have jobs. What do you mean, buddy? busy? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this show's my fucking job now. <laughs> it's like the least paying job in the world. I actually have to put out resources to make this happen. Yeah, weird. Yeah. What about you, Eddie? What have you been reading? I am deeply involved in the death in the family arc right now in New 52. It's spanning over about... Oh, like, death of the family. Death, death like in the family. Death in the family. In the family. The, no, because the original one was death in the family. Like the oh, Robin right. death Wait. one. The, the new, new one, one is death, is death of, the of, family. of the family. That's right. The it's, original arc from back in, in the eighties was death in the family. Stupid fucking name. I know they do it. They they did that specifically to to like to call just, back, just, do a callback to the original one, but it's right. not the same. So, name. Uh, but um, it's that span spanning over about I want to say eight bat titles right now. So about a third of the bat titles that are out there, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all yes. Detective Comics, uh, fucking what? Dark don't so don't list Batman. Don't, yeah, we don't Batman. Need a list. Batman canon. Detective Comics. Batman and Robin. Uh, freaking Batgirl. You're listing them anyway. Yes, I am. Batgirl. Several others. Teen Titans. So on and so forth. But yes, and um, Young Justice. It's actually the what I what I do like about this is that uh, the Joker. Ever since they cut his face off, they've totally just made him way more insane than normal. It's it's actually really good writing. Um, they're actually keeping it. You know, you've got different writers on those books, and they're keeping the the characters um, consistent consistent across all the books, which is very rare because I've read crossovers before, and I'm like, wait, this character is totally not how they are in like the you know the yeah. original book or something like that. But they're doing a pretty good job, and so 
I'm actually liking it. I, I think that some of the books are being dragged in to try to spearhead, uh, try to you know make them more popular, like Teen Titans, you know, stuff like that. So I, I want to just go off on a tangent for a second. I don't know what's worse, DC being like, okay, so the first arc was death in the family, so this is death of the family. Or you can call back to uh, the conversation Luke and I had, which was Punisher Max or Punisher Max? No, Punisher Max. <laughs> Punisher Max. Punisher Max? I think the okay. deal is, is because in, so in the original arc, it was just you know Jason Todd's death. In the new arc, Joker has taken it to the entire – anybody affiliated with Batman at all. And – they have a little part where they talk about how Bruce Wayne publicly funds, you know, Batman and Batman Inc. And so um, for a while, they actually there was they were wondering if Joker had put it together that Bruce Wayne was Batman. But no, he went after Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne's funding of Batman, which led him to kidnap Alfred and, and so on and so forth. And Commissioner Gordon, because he's a friend. And I, uh, I this is one of the things like I like Batman mm-hmm. I, for the most part. And I like um, I like him as a character. One of the things that has always aggravated me about Batman, and this is proving it again, is I understand to some degree when you have a character that has a has some sort of um, like code that they live by, and Batman's is that he doesn't fucking kill people. I'm sorry, the son of a bitch needs to kill the Joker. Like that's just one of it's those things time. where, like, that's why I I really liked in uh, in Dark, Dark Knight Returns. Returns when he's just like, "Fuck it, I'm sick of your shit." bang <laughs> you know like and that's it's it gets a little aggravating when especially when he's constantly over the you know f- fucking 50 years of comics and, and the joker's like hey i'm gonna fuck your shit up i'm gonna try and kill you and i'm gonna kill everybody you know See, this is i'm a- gonna fuck your shit up oh it's fine we'll just put you back in arkham back in so arkham, that you, so can, you can escape, escape again, again like- and kill people that i know and you know rile up all the other people that hate me and kill you know have them kill more people right. it's like no i'm sorry there's a point where bruce wayne as nuts as he is would fucking kill him he'd snap you're done you're not taking like this to logical conclusion so bruce wayne slash batman does not kill people there are other people in the dc universe who will just kill someone right? No problem. Huntress. Huntress. Yeah. Huntress like, like, oh, man, Joker, Nightwing. Nightwing. Yeah. Or fucking Damian Wayne. Damian oh, Wayne would have killed the Joker Damian by Wayne now. Damian Wayne is a killer. <laughs> like, Damian Wayne is a straight up killer. <laughs> yeah. He like in the if you if you read the Batman and Robin arc, he like he calls his father. I mean, for lack of a better word, a pussy on countless yeah. number of times. He's like, dude, just just kill him. His entire arc when he first showed up, when fucking uh, Talia Al Ghul dropped him on Batman, that's the first thing he did. You're a fuckwad. Yeah, you're. Yeah, I thought. And you your Robin taller. is a your Robin is a pussy. So yeah, I beat the so shit beat the out shit of him. Out by the him. way. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and I left a crowbar in Jason Todd's bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. Yeah. yeah. But um. Poor so, Jason Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Jason. So <laughs> he just has bad luck with crowbars. <laughs> <He does. laughs> So yeah, I, I like the arc right now. Kind of into it and reading it. Okay, so I got a so Joker cut his face off. Okay, so Detective Comics, the New Fifty Two re- rerun of Detective Comics, um, like the first four or five issues, Dollmaker cuts his face off, and his face is being held together by these rubber bands that occasionally just pop off, and he has to like reattach them to his ears to hold his like face together, which was pretty interesting, and so. When they do this, they actually think the Joker's dead, and they take his face and they put it in this case and they hang it in the police station. They carry that over to Suicide Squad, who Harley Quinn is on that team, and she breaks into the police station to get the face. Steal his face. To steal his face because she's an assessed psychomaniac. (laughs) Yes. So 
this whole this is like that was New Fifty Two's way of recreating the Joker. We've taken his face totally off. <laughs> taking his face, face off. 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 I want to take. His I want to take his face. face off. So John Travolta's no face more drugs. Was also <laughs> no more drugs for yeah. that man. Yeah, that. No more drugs. Yes, <clears throat> take his face. Okay. off. I despite him. But you know, I came across an interesting point last night. Of course, not take up too much too much time because I know you guys want to get to what you're reading. But um, a buddy of mine really really asked me. He's like, "Why do you like Batman so much?" And you know what? And and I had to say this. I say, you know, when I think about it, and I don't even think if the original creator put this much thought into it. Bob Kane. Yes. Okay, I'm not sure if he put this much thought into it, but I see Batman as what humanity could be if they applied themselves. Hedonistic and completely insane. To their their fullest potential. Taking away the the fact that, yes, he's stone cold crazy. He's a whack job. He's a whack job, but, I mean, he's trained trained himself to the peak of human and uh, physical ability and mental ability. Yeah. Sure, uh, and so yeah. that's why, and that's why I, that's why I like. A- along those lines, I would say that actually he is a perfect example of what absolute determinism. Like he is determined to yes. do this one thing. It's completely insane. Commitment. Yeah, it's, it's yeah commitment. he is committed. He is like. But you, but but commit, commitment on that level would drive you completely insane. It's the Tyler Durden principle. Well, I mean, <laughs> one, yeah, one yeah, moment yeah. of perfection is yeah. worth a lifetime of effort. I mean, you could also be an overpowered asshole, <clears throat> Superman, but. Uh-huh. <laughs> it seems that all my powers are of no use in this simple math equation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Why can't I just punch it? <laughs> two plus two equals kicking dick. I, t- <laughs> I tried to do math once, but my eye beams burned the paper up. <laughs> I'm just going to punch everything as hard as I can and right. hope something happens. Seriously. The earth is out of orbit. Boom! <laughs> up, it's back in orbit. Yeah. I can punch the Earth. <laughs> Something bad happened. I'm just going to fly around the planet backward. <laughs> what? What? I don't... Mm. What? My name is Lex Luthor. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make land out in the sea and sell it for exuberant prices. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Sure. Go for it. Yeah. Make your own... Uh, okay. We spent, multi- own. we spent $849 billion to make this love story in retcon two movies. That's one of the things that actually... Uh, <laughs> well, and retcon- retconning Superman 4 is okay with, with yes, me. With we, we don't need yeah, Solar Man in the continuity. Um, <laughs> no, that was one of the things that actually... I, I thought about that movie. It's like... <laughs> You have the technology, the ability to make this giant island. You're going to make this place, you know, this place that you can sell the real estate for however fucking... Why not just, like, put it somewhere that's not going to destroy shit, right? Just be like... Because most of the world would be like, can he do that? Can it's, make, Is it in international he, waters? I, oh, okay. yeah, I guess so. There can, you go. Can he just make his own land? Uh, sure. Sure. Okay, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you can be part ex- of... There's no rule that says you can't. <laughs> Exxon like, destroyed the Gulf Coast and we didn't really do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, know. I guess that's kind of a precedent. You still uh, have ducks walking around with oil. Yeah. Just, just coming, just throwing up oil. Three-eyed fish. <laughs> yeah. But you, Joel, what you know, I, haven't, I haven't been reading anything. You I don't read comic fail. books anymore? I've, I've failed. Yeah. Have you, I, no, I have a whole bunch of them there, but I just... I have you viewed read. any pop-up books? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will swoop into Joel's defense. Joel and I books? had a, uh, a tabletop tournament event yesterday, and Joel's been practicing a lot for that since the last podcast. Yeah, and and I he spends all his time on coloring books. Oh, oh coloring books, awesome. yeah. And comic books are already colored, you know. Yeah, so. well, so that's not as fun. No, no, I can't use crayons on those. Yeah, well, I could. Uh, there, there are a lot of comics that I want to read and really want to read. It's just I've I've been broke, and so uh, understood. I mean, because uh, a lot of the 
a lot of the new 50 or, or a lot of the Marvel now stuff looks interesting and and there's a lot of comic books that I haven't caught up on. Yeah. And so um yeah, it's sad. I'm if you sorry. get a chance, put your hands on Marvel Now Cap Captain America. That oh, it's is so good. That's it's the one awesome. I want to read. It is. So good. It is. He's the in. Red Skull stole. Wait, is that the one with the Red Skull? No, that's Uncanny Avengers. Okay, that's Avengers. This which one I actually in dumped in Dimension, Dimension Z or something. He trapped yeah. in Dimension Z. It's, oh, it's a great story. It's it's. I actually uh um that's I guess that leads into what I'm reading because yeah, it's a lot of Marvel Now stuff. I I I had originally picked up four Marvel Now books. I had picked up. Hickman's Avengers, Uncanny Red Remender's Uncanny Avengers, Cap, and All New X Men. I have since dropped Uncanny Avengers and All New X Men because they're not bad; they just bored me. Um, and I wasn't really a big fan. Like, I understand why people like the uh, Remender's storyline in Uncanny Avengers, but it just wasn't to my taste. So okay. I was just not not a big fan of the he 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 was kind of doing the like the over the top. Um, like old school, you know, cackling bad guy type storyline, and I'm I'm mm. just like, cackling are you reading Thor? <clears throat> no, oh, it's so good. I, I've heard good is things this about it. I'm, Mighty Thor, or is uh, it? I think it's Mighty. Thor. I think it's Mighty. There's Mighty Thor, and and one of uh, um, one of our listeners, Dolby von Luckner, actually suggested that I read uh, uh, Journey into Mystery as well, which I've heard is very yeah. good. And a oh, lot really? of people keep telling me to read oh, Hawk. I think- Hawkeye. Uh, Journey into Mystery started out with uh, Lady Sif, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but right now I'm I'm sticking with Hickman's Avengers, which I really really like, and I'm reading I'm still reading uh, Cap. Um, Cap, and then I'm going to pick up Brian Wood's X Men book soon. You should also um, pick up Avengers or, uh, Arena. Oh God, uh, it's good. You're so sold on that book. It's so good. They took all the character. They took all the characters that have ever been Avengers or, or like the Young Avengers and all these other freaking horrible teams and put them in one book yeah and it's like battle royale because they're killing each other off yeah i'm totally all right with this i really there's a lot of these books that i really want to read and i'm probably going to read in trade at some point that i'm probably going to it depends on what marvel does because marvel's um the the tack that marvel has taken with their trades over the last couple of years has kind of pissed me off because they'll do these like tiny little like four issue trade hardcovers like i like getting hardcovers but i like i like the larger ones put 12 issues in it right. put a hardcover on it charge me 40 bucks, 30 bucks or yep. 30, bucks, 30 bucks call it good and i will i will pay that all day except they'll they've gone the opposite where they they put like four issues in a hardcover and charge you still still charge you 30, 30 bucks, bucks for right. it like fuck you i i paid I paid. I could get the single cool. issues for half the cost right. of the trade. No, I'm not going to do that. I mean, Fuck you're that. You're getting like you know a hardcover <clears throat> Walking Dead. I'm getting twelve issues. Twelve issues for, for thirty bucks. bucks thirty five bucks. bucks. Yeah. yeah I mean, Same with Invincible. Like those yeah. are the kinds of trades. I mean, even the Vertigo ones, like the the hundred bullets ones, range between eight and twelve issues per hardcover, and they're they range in the like thirty to thirty five dollar range. Uh, like these guys know how to do it right. It's it's whatever. Um, whatever it is that that Marvel thinks they're getting by by putting out that's the problem with the fucking Punisher Max hardcovers is that they're all these little tiny like things and they cost so fucking much. Right, they're trying to they're trying to bleed, they're trying to bleed your pockets. Yeah, it must be a subsidiary. Or a and, and that's what's <laughs> what's aggravating about it for me is that that Marvel, um, Marvel. I think Marvel and Vertigo are probably the two companies that i read the most or that i that that i want to buy trades the most of and 
Vertigo has fewer things that I want to buy in trade, but they do the trades right, so I buy them constantly. And Marvel has more stuff that I want to buy in hardcover, but they fuck knocker the hardcovers yeah. so bad that yeah. I, I don't want to pay for them. Yeah, that, no, that makes sense. I, I wouldn't either. I mean, especially when I'm used to, like, perfect example, I, bought, I buy a trade, a, a New 52 trade. I'm getting six, sometimes seven issues, depending on what it is, and I may only pay, like, 18, 19 bucks for a yeah. hardcover trade. Like I got the Detective Comics hardcover. It only costs, like, 18 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, why, why am I going to spend so much more money to buy a four-issue right. four a four-issue trade? It's the Disney tax. Yeah. And on top of that, well, mm-hmm. this is before they got bought by no, Disney yeah, and they've been doing that. this much. I'm hoping maybe that somebody will fix this shit because on on top of it, they're, they're, they don't keep the same format most of the mm-hmm. time. Like they'll, they'll start doing this with a comic book and they'll do like, they'll do a four issue trade, a four issue trade, a six issue trade, and they'll all have the same spines. They'll be the same size. And then all of a sudden they'll change the whole format. Right. And like the spines won't match or anything like that. That's what I like about the way that Vertigo and Image do their trades is that once they design, it once they decide the on a design for the trade, they maintain it regardless of what changes over the years. Right. Like that's like Invincible has had the same cover design, same spine design for their hardcover trades for fucking eight years, right? And, and it looks good on your bookshelf. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, have you have you seen Invincible TV show? I guess there's a they animated it. Really? Yes. No, I have yes, not they seen have. this. They've, had, they've got season one. They've an, they've actually animated oh. it. I'll have to go check that out. Yep. Um, it, what channel is it on? I, I've only seen it on iTunes, so I don't even know what channel. It, it might not. It might not actually be on real TV. It, it then might it might just, just be, be like it, an on-demand it, thing. Yeah, it might wow, just be that. Fucking, uh, but yes, they've animated it. <clears throat> the one thing that irritated me with was uh, as much as I hate Sandman, like I was like, okay, I really like how the, you know they kept a coherent cover, mm-hmm. and then about five years ago they switched all the covers up. Yep. Yeah, I actually, I actually, the set that I have is the um, the I think it's the original set of covers. We're still trying to find. We don't have the third one. Still trying to find like that particular one. But yeah, they switched all the covers, and then um, yeah, I, I it's just it's 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 not that hard to remain consistent. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a personal fan of when I put stuff up on a shelf that it matches, especially if it goes together. Right. You know I mean, it's like if they made if they made you know PS3 uh, game boxes different sizes and shit like that I'd be mad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's well that's the thing too is that special editions don't count Andy. Yeah. Uh yeah. I was looking at my Catherine box and like <laughs> yeah and the bully and all, yeah. Um yeah. and and that's why people buy hardcovers, right? Right. Hardcovers exactly. are meant to go on a shelf and look nice yeah, so on I a shelf. Say, yeah, and they, be right, able... they look nice. It's good for display. Normal, you know, tr- yeah. normal trades. Like when I collected normal, like soft cover trades, I was still keeping them in comic boxes because right. they fit. They still fit. Hardcovers generally don't. So I want to put them on a shelf. I want to make them look look right. nice. So Marvel just really needs to take a cue from Dark Horse and uh, and Vertigo and, and just be even and, image, and image, yeah, image to some degree, yeah, yeah for their core books and right. just be like, well, you, you know, know even even DC, the New Fifty Two with the trades. I got the Wonder Woman, the Detective Comics, and I've got something else, and they're all the same size. They generally look about the same. Like you, you know, what I mean, they're not they're not messy. It doesn't yeah. look messy when you put it up on the shelf. So. Yeah. Do we have any comic book industry news actually, this week? I do. <laughs> well, actually, well, actually, well, I do. Well, actually, um, okay. So he's got some news for you. I've got news. I've got news. It's all about famine. <laughs> so <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, Luke, just, just go. Just go. If just, you could have saw, uh, Luke just paused and took a, a, a big breath. But anyway, uh, anyway. So Katana, there's this female heroine in the DC universe named Katana. 
Um, she's on. She's the arch rival of Jeanette. <laughs> <laughs> she's on the Birds of Prey team, and DC has saw fit to give her her own run. Uh, there is a female writer on it. I'm, I'm absent the name right now, but there is a female writer on it, which this will only be. The second character right now in the New 52 that actually has a female writer. Gail Simone is on Batgirl. Mm-hmm. Back. She, back on back Batgirl. On Batgirl. Back on Batgirl. Off of Batgirl. Back, back on Batgirl. Batgirl. Before the new issue. Before the next yeah. issue even came out. Right? Back on she Batgirl. got fired and rehired. She got fired and rehired issues. that quick. <laughs> and you know what? Right now, Gail Simone probably has DC by the balls for that. So Yeah? Yeah. Easily. Because they will they will get... If they try and fire her they again, ha- their oh, fans are going to just... Yeah, they're... Yeah. And uh, so Katana off of the Birds of Prey. I don't. I don't really see why they saw fit to give this character uh, her own run because she's never been extremely popular. She's mute. But what I think, what I think they're trying to do is, I think that DC is trying to extend their their female fan base because you've only got you know a couple female titles in the New Fifty Two run. They've canned a lot of them. Like Voodoo was canned. There's a reason for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Stripper- Voodoo never should have had her own book in the first that, place. That was just a licensing thing to make sure that they could retain the license. Yeah, yeah that probably. Make, that no, you're probably sense. right. It's a Watchmen I mean, style. Um, stripper, like, yeah. stripper superhero girl you've does got, not get her own book you, for very long. Got, I mean, you've got, of course, you got Wonder Woman, which is actually extremely well written. The art, because it rotates between uh, Cliff Chang and um, Atkins, <laughs> kind of makes it kind of makes it kind of. Un, not unreadable, but it just really throws the vibe of the whole book. How yeah. the hell does that first volume end? That was actually, yeah. it, it just kind of, it, it peters out. Like, they they bring Poseidon in. They and bring they, Poseidon, like, they bring Hades in. The, it, it, there really isn't an actual end to that arc, kind of. Yeah. Um. um anyway, what, have a candle. <laughs> end of arc. <laughs> yeah, have a candle. I was actually, just before you continue, uh, again, Dolby Von Luckner of... of uh, 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 Frederick the Great. Thank you, Jesus H. Christ. My brain is not working today. Uh, the Frederick the Great comic mentioned specifically on Twitter that he he read through the Wonder Woman trade after we uh, uh, talked about it on the show and commented that he didn't think he originally didn't think that the the change he was like skeptical that the change between um, Cliff Chang and Todd Akins could Stereo, Todd be Akins. that really that bad. Mm-hmm. Um. And then he he was on Twitter. He's like, "Yeah, it's really bad." <laughs> he's <laughs> like, "Okay, I I agree. It's not good." So Anne Nocenti, Nocenti, Nocenti. That's the writer that's going to be writing Duke Katana. Katana. Okay, that's a necessity. <laughs> what? what else has? Yeah, what else has? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes, done. Oh. Well done, sir. Well done. Somebody, what else? Somebody has she, is on point. What else has she she done? Uh, I'm not sure. Don't know. Okay. So, so I, I have some other news. They they announced that the phase, I think the phase three after Avengers, they're going to do a Doctor Strange and an Ant Man. Fuck yes! I heard about the Ant Man and, and I yeah, heard about the and then, of Doctor Strange. And then on top of that, I guess at the end of the Avengers, the third Avengers movie, they plan on sending Hulk out into space. Oh, World, so War, World War Hulk! There's probably going to be a Planet Hulk, Hulk, Planet, Planet Hulk. Scar, yeah, and Planet Scar Hulk, too. World War Hulk. World War Hulk. Can you see a green Conan? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Scar is so, badass, man. Yeah, Scar is. I don't. Know. I saw uh, during the Super Bowl they had the newest Iron Man trailer. Yeah. Isn't it the same as the other Iron Man trailer? No, there's like, there. Okay, well they leaked a little a bit more. They leak up. There's a there's a point where the plane kind of explodes and he has to, he goes outside a plane. He's like trying to pick up people. Yeah. Um, I'm still a little upset. There's one thing I'm a little upset about. You Drones. Know, 
well, that. But um, I, I really don't understand their pick for the Mandarin actor. Ben Kingsley. <laughs> because Ben Kingsley, I I, I, I know where you're going with that, but, but Ben Kingsley's fucking amazing. I'm not saying that I'm not saying he's is not it? a great actor, but what I'm saying is is that there were the Mandarin even the lore of the Mandarin in Chinese history, it, it, it's, I mean, it's a, it, it is an actual... Uh, Should have been Chow Yun-Fat. There you go. Is it, <laughs> is it any worse? Is it any worse than Johnny Depp playing Johnny Tonto? Depp playing <laughs> playing Tonto. Tonto. Yes, Johnny Depp. What you could not fuck? find any Native American to play Tonto. Yeah. yeah. I, I, um, None. Exactly. In the there, 21st century. There are no Native American actors at all. God. There just aren't. Nope. They're, they're non-existent. So the last thing that I want to bring up before we move on <laughs> is uh, I want to I want I nobody at DC is ever going to listen to this fucking podcast but stop putting the goddamn banner ads at the top of your fucking cover. Isn't that oh. annoying? That is a little arrow. No one, arrow is, is on everything. No one has ever went Arrow, I wonder what the is, and decided to watch the show because they bought a comic book and saw that at the top. Never. That There's plenty of fucking insane. ads inside your book. Don't ruin your like. They're putting. I can. I mean, it's the, one thing to put it on core New Fifty Two stuff. They put it on Vertigo books. I'm sitting there. I got the new issue of Unwritten, and they've got right these beautiful arrow. covers, and yeah. it just <laughs> fucking destroys it with destroys, this giant destroys the arrow. Cover, right? Yeah. And well, the only th- I posted this to Twitter because I bought my my haul of comics this week was actually pretty big, and I fanned them out, and it was it was nine books including like Avengers and Colder and Sixth Gun and you know the shit that I usually buy and a copy of Unwritten, and it's like beautiful cover, beautiful cover, beautiful cover, beautiful arrow, and then arrow, <laughs> arrow. at the top. I'm just like, and you know the stop thing, it. The thing is, is they were doing the one campaign for like feed the people or save the people, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll you know it's a it's a Good cause, I understand. But then it was just like Dark Knight came out, and it was like Dark Knight banners across yep. everything. The show is going to get canceled in six months, but it'll ruin the cover of this arrows comic book across forever. Everything. Yes, no person who buys the comic is ever going to watch a show based on one of those banner ads. But seeing those banner ads will make me stop buying your buying comics. So you're actually doing yourself a disservice, DC, by putting these fucking horrible ads on the covers of your comic books. All right. uh, For this episode, we have been uh, we've been reading Memorial. It's an IDW book that came out at the end of 2011. Uh, It's by uh, Chris Robertson and Rich Ellis. Uh, it's uh, it's unfortunate that Anne couldn't be here because she is you know she's been constantly talking about repurposed fairy tales and that's basically what this book is. Yep. Um, <clears throat> it centers around a, a woman named M who lost her memory, uh, and that's it's E M E M yes. And she she the beginning of the book she shows up in a in a hospital and doesn't know who she is doesn't know anything. About where she came from, and over the course of the book, she gets introduced to a whole bunch of like fantastical shit that starts to introduce her to to who I, she is and I, what I, she is. I love the cat, Schrodinger's cat, Schrodinger's cat, yeah, yes. cat named Schrodinger. Yeah, um, I don't know where he is. <laughs> He's in the box. <clears throat> it is. Uh, it's it's an interesting book. It's. Um, I mean, I. It's I'm actually good. a little. I mean, I was actually a little disappointed by it, and then I'll say that right off the bat before we start getting into a discussion. But um, the storyline um, 
she shows up and then she gets introduced to this this uh basically curiosity shop where she you know she sees this door as she's walking home one day and it's this big green door with an ornate uh gold filigree thing on the front and she goes in and it's this curiosity shop with all this funky shit in it and um in the course of what's going on the owner of the shop peter gives her a key um and then hilarity ensues Mm. i don't know if i'd say hilarity storyline well (laughs) sure he i believe it's a good start of a story it's a good like a yeah. uh, beginning, um, and I guess we'll get to the ending later. But I've, as I it's read set it, up. the entire six it's, issues it's, is, it's is a, set up. It's a setup, right? Mm-hmm. It is. It's a setup <laughs> for, for Which, which actually is one of the things um, that I. What's one of the things I don't like about this book because it came out as a six issue miniseries and I was expecting um, some sort of conclusion and, and there's, there's zero and it keeps. Um, Oh, fuck it, I'm just going to rant because that's that's what I do. I hate everything. So that's I'm just going like, to hate everything. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. You're going to rant? Yeah. You like okay. Pac-Man. Oh, shit. He's going <laughs> to rant. Dig Dug. Dig he's Dug. going um, to rant. I, I, first, I'll, I'll say the things that I like about it. I like the concept behind it, right? I like... Um, so in the in the world that, that Robertson has created for this thing, basically they're um, the... Uh, I guess it's basically the Garden of Eden mm. um, is protected by three sisters, yep. and those you know those sisters are are uh, moment was it moment memory maybe. and I think the third sister was maybe maybe maybe, maybe. maybe. moment maybe. moment memory and maybe which basically represent uh, past, the past present, present and future, future. and um, over time. Uh, two of the sisters, uh, Memory and Maybe, Maybe, get expelled from the garden so that it's left in Moment's care. And we find out over the the, the first couple issues that Moment is has basically been stealing pieces of our reality, uh, and they're called Stolen Moments, and w- creating this place called Ever Everland. Everland. Is Everland. It Ever- Everland. Neverland. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's Everland, and no, it's, it's Alice. It's, no, no, Alice. Yeah. Wonderland. He's making a joke. Okay, and I was like, you're no, no, failing to get it. Ah, I made a funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, they cut out the part of my brain that understands humor. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, I so also they forgot math. Oh. So it's fringe. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so they, they create. She's creating this place called Everland, which um, the the conceit is that all of these fairy tales and things that we uh, we read in books like you know Peter Pan and and uh, Mulan and all these stories were yeah. originally part of our world that were stolen to the Everland by me, uh, by moment and. Uh, have fallen into legend in reality, but there's this place that exists where, where all of these things have been kind of conglomerated into one world. Mm. Um, so it, the concept is really cool. Like it's, it's, it's yet another different take on, um, on the, you know, the repurposed fairy tale. It's, it's very, it's a little unwritten-y, um, in some ways, mm. uh, but that's I think that's where my problem lies with it. And maybe it's just because I've been reading unwritten for so long now that <clears throat> half the time that I was reading this book, I all I could think to myself was okay, un- unwritten did that better. Yeah. And there are other books with repurposed fairy tales. I mean, you look at even things like like yeah, Hook, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, not necessarily books, but like movies like Hook and other things that yeah, I just grim, feel like... You have the set of grim fairy tales that they've turned into 
comic books, but they're kind of modern day. Well, not necessarily just comic books, but like you know the rehashes of movies, yeah. and there have been you know reimaginings in story, like an actual like book form as opposed to comic form. Right, right. Yeah, and um, I I think. Uh, the biggest issue that I had with this book. So um, the reason that I suggested this was actually because we were, uh, we went down to say a year last year or year, about a year ago, we went down to uh, Stumptown comics fest in Portland, which is this very small indie comics fest. But because there are so many, comic book creators that live in the Portland area, a lot of big people showed up. So like, I mean, even people that weren't necessarily from Portland area, but like Bill Crabtree and Brian Hurt from, uh, from six Six gun were there. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis showed up. You know, there's that's his backyard, right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, Chris Chris Robertson was there. Joel Jones was there. A lot of people that are familiar in the comic book industry were there, and there was a this kind of funky little art tour thing that they do as part of Stumptown where you can sign up for it and then you get a tour around several different places in Portland including um, a couple of different comic shops a couple of different art galleries and stuff that all so like went put to up Excalibur and no it didn't go out to Excalibur it went to it was all in the downtown area okay. so and there was like this um, this art walk area where they had set up a uh, an art show of the memorial some of the artwork from memorial and Christina saw it and the artwork was is great I, I I really like the artwork in this book. It 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 falters in a couple of places because the quality kind of mm-hmm. fluctuates a little bit. But the stuff that they were show, they had on display was really good, so we bought it. And when Christina finished reading it, and this was almost a year ago, she was she was disappointed in it, and she's disappointed in it for. And now I understand what she's talking about for the same reason that I am, where um, the main character M figures zero out for herself nothing she doesn't she does not she has no memories and the book opens with her having spent a year just living in the real world because she had no memory so she started to rebuild a life until she got introduced to this shop and then for the rest of the book she you know she's kind of for lack of a better term thrown into the down the rabbit hole and Nothing comes to her. Everything she at does all. Is she by does accident. not. F- everything she does, but she's fucking Jar Jar Binks. Well, there's she, a everything's why, by though. accident. Yeah, as they've explained it in the book. There's a reason why. Uh, the re- what? The reason why is because she, well, all her, her shat- memories were stolen. Her shadow and her shadow was stolen. Her shadow. Yeah. Uh, no, I understand. So but, she lost her shadow. That's fine, but that doesn't mean that she can't. That, Maybe that's my problem then, right? Yeah. Like the part, when you have a story like this and you start it off with a character that has no memory, that character has to be able to deduce something. Part of the arc of that character, part of what you're trying to follow, at least to me, is how that character f- gets in and out of the situation that she's put in. So I guess uh, sort of the, the counterpoint to that is that this is the, the opening act of what hope I think yeah, the intention is to be a multi-act part or story mm. and you can't have you know this character you, you have to go through the hero's journey i believe i'm gonna right the character arc I, i'm gonna channel and for a second <laughs> where you've got you know this build up and then there's something that you know an obstacle and then you have you know the resolution this is just the the build-up part so yeah. if you know she's infallible by the end of this and she has all her powers back it, it's not that interesting i don't I, I don't necessarily want her to have all of her powers back i just wanted her to figure something out on her own because the book the book ends up um having so much exposition in it because yeah. everything just gets explained to her right right and it, she's she's just kind of stumble 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 and at every step of the stumble somebody outside of her some outside force just tells her what's going on right. yeah and 
that's what's aggravating to me is that you you you're not learning the things that are going on in the story. You're just she's just running into people who are telling her stuff. Yeah. And even even to the very end of the book, and this is a spoiler for anybody who's listening to the show, but even at the end of the book, when you find out that the little girl she runs into is actually Moment, and she gets drawn, you know, Moment tricks her into coming into the garden, and um. And then Moment just sits there and tells her the whole fucking story. Yep. It's like, oh, you're, you know, you're my sister. You're actually memory. And blah, blah. it's like, it would have been nice, like, because there's hints at that earlier in the book where they're like, she doesn't, you know, other characters will be like, she doesn't know who she is or she needs to figure this out. But she never figured you it think, out. You know, well, maybe she's not that smart because you think, she <laughs> yeah, maybe she would have actually put it together. I mean, because. The book is written in such a fashion where she's given enough hints to to really yeah. figure this out on her own, even with. But I, I mean, mean, that's sort of the, the thing of memory. It's you know what has happened. It's not what's going to happen. If she was um, maybe, then she'd be great at figuring stuff out. She's like, it could go this way, it could go that way. You know, that's but possible. I can see that. I, I would have liked to have seen her at least. Um, like when she gets told to put her the charm around her neck into the key and complete the key, um, at least uh, at least maybe have that trigger because they they have like I said they have hints where she gets triggered to remember things right she's like um, like the first time she sees the door this she's seems like really familiar. she's like this seems really familiar yeah. and I don't know why I should know this but I know this. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the kinds of hints that I expected to lead into her being able to do something. She's like, okay, I remember the door. Shit, I got thrown into this weird thing. Oh, I remember the garden. Why do I remember the garden? Uh, you know, th- and there's those are the kinds of hints throughout the book that it's like, I feel like I should remember this. Ah, fuck it. And she, you know, <laughs> she she just doesn't care. Uh, and it's moving. like. I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe that's the conceit of memory is that she doesn't, she's not looking forward, but. Um, it just, in that instance, it felt like she, it felt like her character arc was completely flat. Like there's just nothing, there's no, there's no development for this character at all because she's not, she's not even solving any problems. She's just stumbling from, um, she's just stumbling from hijink to hijink (laughs) and things are happening around her. Like every time she stumbles into the ivory tower and then there's a big fight around her and then she stumbles into the encampment of lost souls and there's a big fight around her. And in every case, there's a big fight. There's a big fight. Yeah. Right. There's a big fight. fight She escapes fight finishes. She goes to a new place. Fight happens around her. She escapes. escapes And it's like, yeah, it just doesn't feel like a story. It feels like uh, it feels like Chris Robertson created this world and couldn't figure out how to um, how to tell us about his world without just telling us about his world. Right? If there is, I, I would say this as of right now. You know, if there is a part two and a part three, an act two and act three, then I don't view it as so bad because. At the end of the book, even though it's a cliffhanger, I believe she's a, the next series of books. She would be getting into that point where her character develops, and mm. she she you know starts to probably remember more things because they even say in the I remember it's a part in the book where he's like, even if you get your shadow back, you're not going to get all of your memories back. Right. However, you will be more more a fuller part of yourself than you know. What I would love to have seen the arc in this first book because that's the other problem is I don't feel like there's an arc. There's the if you're going to do a story in parts. 
you have to have some sort of resolution in the right arc. Um, and this six issue arc is just a build up where she doesn't really figure things out. She gets told what's going on, and at the end of the book, she 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 does make the conscious decision that she's going to follow through and try and and solve the problem that she's been she's been told about, but. Um, there's no there's no resolution to anything in the book. Yeah. It just like it builds up, builds up, builds up, and then stops. And um, what's we- <clears throat> what's weird is that there's there is it's not really the sequel that's on Comicsology. It's kind of a side story involving the characters called Imaginary Fiends, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's a digital only comic for one. It's only available on Comicsology. And it's uh, ten ten pages an issue, so it's not um, it's not like full full size issues, and it's not the continuation of the arc, as to the best of my knowledge. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, I do kind of hope that they continue this, but um, taking this as its own like thing, um, I'm trying to figure out what like. It feels like they're going so much for the appeal of the world and not the appeal of the story. Yeah, so um, I'm going to talk for a little bit because you've gone nuts on this. Um, (laughs) Conceptually, what I think a lot of this has to do with is that nowadays so many people focus on the now. Like you've got people taking Instagram photos of their lunch. And, you know, everyone's like, what's going on right now, right now, right now, right now? What's going on? I just showered. Yeah. Woo, I just wish I could remember off. the comedian that talked about Woo. how there's no nostalgia anymore. No. Because people are sitting, people are literally, like, sitting in a restaurant or in a club somewhere and, like, taking selfies on their s- cell phone and then showing it to people and being like, look at this. I remember just, when I, this happened, like, two seconds two ago? Two seconds ago, <laughs> yeah. Like in the middle of someone's lunch, there. just right. just brush my teeth. Woo, fresh breath. <laughs> what? I love the petty arcade where uh, I think it's Gabe. It's like, hey, I'm a Twitter shitter, taking a dump right now. <laughs> I got called out on that last night because I had to go to the bathroom and I I was tweeting. I was not tweeting something. I was not tweeting about my shit, but I was tweeting from the bathroom. And I, I seriously, I walked out of the bathroom and fucking James Dykes, who was on uh, after the fact, goes, he's a Twitter shitter. <laughs> Twitter shitter. Tweet so. appropriately, folks. That's yeah. all I have. To say. But no, to go back to the, the main point. Um, you know, in the real world, like most people are so focused on the the now and you know taking photos and like cataloging every single moment that it's sort of eliminated. You know, nostalgia or memory. Like, why why would you bother remembering something happening when you have like proof of you know exactly how it was? So it's not like you're gonna you know, nostalgically remember that time that you had that you know amazing sandwich because you've got a photo and you remember exactly what it looks like. We even make that joke on the show every once in a while when we can't remember something and we cut, we say, I wonder if there's some way that we could look this up, right? And we end up using the internet to find stuff instead of actually fucking remembering it, remembering it ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I mean, how many of you guys yeah. remember someone else's phone number right now? <laughs> I barely remember my own. Yeah, my own, but no, I don't. My own my and cell my phone office numbers. But my wife's yeah. phone number is Christina. In my phone, I push Christina. Yeah. No, you're, you're right, because I like, can admit, before before I had a cell phone, I was very good at remembering phone numbers, because I had to. I had no choice. I had nowhere to store them but to write them down and remember them. And now it's, it's yeah, I'm yeah. dependent on my phone. Like, memory is so unimportant to society now. I it mean, is. 
yeah in general well it's it's the same thing it was that's how the progression of technology has been because we didn't have to learn how to do math because we have calculators and then later on we had we had computers that would do the equations for us that's a you know. damn lie no it's true though I, I okay mr mintat that's true but for most people if they don't need to add anymore but they can use a calculator and i can totally see what you're saying but you know that's technology's making our life easier you know i so to go back on the story, what I think it is, is like Andy said, it's a, it's a whole bunch of buildup, right? And so through this, he has to explain this entire world that's completely esoteric because it's dealing with thought. It's dealing with, okay, there's a land of memories and things that people lose their memory, so it goes here. And then a land people, of is. Yeah, and, and the land of is, which is moment, that's the land of moment. <clears throat> And that's completely small, and it wasn't that big. And then there's the land of maybe, which is everything that could be and everything that's possibility, everything that's ever been dreamed up is in this other world. And memory gets so so much bigger, it grows, and, because people are always having memories that they right. lose and they're having these experiences. And the future is, is always there because there's all these po- infinite, infinite, infinite possibilities, possibilities you can do. And in the moment is never going to grow because you're always in that moment and there's really no there's really no point to the moment just be in the moment so moment seemed like she was just really a pissed off brat who was yeah. mad because hers was smaller than everybody right. else's exactly. and and she was a pissed off brat and she basically um sh- she she's taking she, she turns piece. into I, this sounds weird but it, it like over the course of the story it seems like moments started out like you said like her world her domain was very small yeah. and it's almost like she morphed into memory existed but it was it was still it was real memories it's like you don't there's no um it is represented exactly as someone remembers it whereas um and it, and that memory can evolve to some degree right. mm. but then um you have the the everland that that moment is creating by drawing these memories and they talk about how she won't she won't let anything change so she takes you know the the guy makes the comment about how even if like even if he were relegated to the land of memory he would still be allowed to evolve um whereas moment is uh is forcing everybody who is in the everland to stay exactly as they were in the moment that she stole um which kind of makes it's like moment is evolving into nostalgia yeah. That makes sense, like cause, because she doesn't want the things to change. She's nostalgic about these things, and she's like, "I like this moment. That's mine. Don't yeah. don't fuck with it. Don't change it. Don't you know? I don't like the fact that things are going to change in the future. So I'm just going to be nostalgic about this. Because thing. if it changes, then it goes into maybe. Yeah. And so so in thinking about this, even in talking about it, it kind of doesn't ring true. You know, because mm-hmm. you have you have these memory because there's everybody has memories and everybody has imagination and possibilities and and dreams. But what is there in the moment? You know, well, then maybe that I think maybe if How we're going to ever going to grow. You're right. And that's the thing. It's not. Mm. Um, and maybe that's the commentary of this book is that it's um, they're telling you that the that, you know, living in the moment is fine. Um, but you're, it's never, it's always going to be that small little slice of, of your life. Um, and that the danger of living nostalgically is that you will never evolve, Mm -hmm. right? Is that if, if you're always focused on not wanting things to change, then you're going to be stuck 
there you the go moment. stuck in the moment and never nothing is ever going to get better you mm. know like and that and they, that explains why moment is still a little girl because uh-huh. she's 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 stuck in the moment as opposed to memory has gotten older everything else around has changed but mm-hmm. if you're with her you're stuck in the moment and maybe is lost in this right. book right like I mean, maybe couple, they're I mean, like because you're because like i said you're li- you're spending so much time living in the moment and stuck in your nostalgia yeah. that you can no longer think of what's going to happen going forward so maybe well, maybe, maybe is lost, lost in the future yeah right lost in the future it, it, okay so if that's the case why is that the only thing that he didn't fucking explain that you know moment well is maybe a you have girl. to figure it out for yourself because um, well remember we're talking about we're and talk- that well, and, oh, well, yeah, that's true. But th- that's another thing: is where, where's maybe? She's lost in the future, and we're gonna find we're gonna find that out in a, in a, yeah, we're gonna but, find that out in a future story. Okay, but everything, everything else is explained, you know, because this whole story arc was about explaining this world and the whole concept of the 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 land of of the future, imagination, and and memories, and then the moment. But it. There's no third sister. Well, no, and that's the thing. That's that's one of the reasons why I I, I was disappointed in this story was because of the fact that um, he builds a very rich world and mm. he populates it with things that make you think about the world that he has built and what it represents and how it um, you know how it uh, how it what correlation to our real world is, but then um, doesn't give you a character that you can identify. That a it doesn't give you a character you can identify with through the story, and it mm. doesn't give you a character. He doesn't give you a character that allows you to come to those conclusions without um, him just telling the the character yeah. what what it is. So it's, it's, it's really... almost like if if memory is representing the reader as the person reading the comet, yeah. then Chris Robertson doesn't trust his readers to actually think think things through because he's not even letting her figure shit out. Yeah. Right? So it's a bad narrative device. I yeah. do think it is. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's like that's what I was. That's what I was saying at the beginning. Like I love the concept. Mm-hmm. I love the world that he's built and the way that he, you know, the way he kind of populates. I think it's a little heavy-handed sometimes when he puts, when he, you know, the lost souls are very specifically like this is Mulan and fucking Robin Hood uh, and blah blah blah. It's like that. Eh, all right, it's it's. Um, that heavy-handedness doesn't necessarily bother me a lot. It's the fact that, um, like, we've got this this great world that could be populated with stories, right? With like individual stories that give you slices of the world. Mm. But it felt like he wanted this first arc to be like, "Here is my whole world. Here is everything mm. that I've and thought I of." I will explain it to you. Yeah, and it's like it's like I only have six issues to he tell you about it, my world because had, I might not be able to get another he had to series. Put it on paper before he forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> and it ends up in the land of memory. It ends up in the land of memory, exactly. I um actually because he wrote it down, it ended up in the land of moment. <laughs> yeah, I um, but now it's in the past because it happened. But it's been made static. Uh, yes, it'll never change. Yeah. Ah, so it's nostalgic. So Chris Robertson is actually moment. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> taking it, throwing his shit into Everland and being being a little. Prissy bitch about uh, so it. So the he's the pissed off like, brat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I I really liked I really liked the artwork in the book. I thought it was very fitting of the story that it was being told. It's kind of you know it's kind of a little cartoony. Um, it's got a lot of detail. I it's I like um, the colors. I, I didn't like it. You didn't like the artwork. I didn't. The, the, for one, the, the guy that really doesn't care about artwork. I didn't. I didn't really like it because it, 
I mean, it did explain stuff, and there were some panel shots where they they did amazing stuff to try to explain the story. Like one of them was when Schrodinger and he was in the Tower of Babel, and and the they were box. talking about they were talking about the the map, and this is where you are. And over three panels, they had the map there. Yeah, that's but, a, and and it shows them progressing their yeah, conversation. But whenever there it, yeah. was some kind of action or fighting or whatever. You could not tell what the fuck yeah, was the going a- on. The action sequences weren't so great. Yeah, um, the the rendering of the world again was good. The um, the some of the some of the fight scenes were pretty pretty it's like pretty messy. You know, I and I actually will say some one thing for through the entire first issue where they first go to the tower of uh, the ivory tower and they're talking to Babylon. I did not know Babylon was female. Could not tell. It like, was pretty ambiguous. I they were. Everybody in the in the tower was very androgynous, which was fine because like the characters in the background, they're just they're just bald monks, and that's one yeah. thing. But mm-hmm. um, but it, it wasn't until somebody specifically referred to Babylon as a her yeah. that I could even that I could even tell. Mm-hmm. And then it was weird because then you look at it and you're like, okay, there's little hints like the the way he draws her like eyelashes and stuff is one thing. But it but the first issue that she was in i was like that's okay well, i mean you know, so it was a dude okay it just makes the, sense from the back a bald female a bald male <laughs> same. i'm just yeah, saying I mean. especially in in robes like yes, in monks in robes, robes in yeah. monks robes I mean, um, so. but i yeah and the um i don't know like <laughs> i don't remember what i was gonna say i was gonna say something about the the rendering I, of the world i really i i can, the covers of this book were all done by michael kaluta I actually would love to see fucking Michael Kaluta draw this whole book, like because I I like Kaluta's stuff in in general. The covers are gorgeous on this book, like Joel pointed out before the show. Completely not representative of the character that's oh, actually none. in the book. No, no, they um, put a blonde on it, so it would they put sell. a blonde, a yeah. little blonde a little girl, blonde which girl. to me makes me think that he's drawing well, moment. moment, right? Like it's. Uh, it's it's not until you see the the reprint cover that is actually Ellis that actually Ellis drew, where um, you can even tell that uh, that it's actually memory on memory. the cover. I will um, tell you this: at what point? So memory, in the in the first sorry. in the first book, at, at what point does someone walk out of a store? See a whole bunch of statues and really just not flip the fuck out, like, right? She she's like, so who would put all these statues who here? Put all these statues here. And then walks up to she, one of them. She, and she that, walks. Wait, she walks. And the statue snatches her fucking purse. <laughs> yeah, right. She that that was that was a little annoying because it's like she literally she notices the shop. She goes into the shop. She's in it for ten minutes. Yep, yep. Leaves and all of a sudden the entire alley is full, full of, of statues. statues. And she's like, "Who put all these statues here oh, in ten weird. minutes? Who is doing And let's not talk about the metal puppet that stays right. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, one, that's um, oh, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking that the puppet is a representation of Pinocchio. Yeah, and that Peter is a representation of Giuseppe. No, no, he's Peter Pan. He's, he's supposed Peter. to be Peter Pan because yeah. that's what okay. that's what you find out with like his shadow is stolen. The and you see knave. the shadow is like, huh? oh, you the knave. What is he up doing? Those oh, shenanigans. I get it. Okay, that's yeah. Giuseppe. Is that his name? Is it Giuseppe? Giuseppe. 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 Gi
Gustepo? I, I didn't read Guapo? anything after the, the main Guido? original arc of Fables ended. I was just like, eh, <laughs> I don't know. teeth, people are getting yeah. created. Geppetto. There's another one that does callback fairy tales a lot, or repurpose fairy tales a lot better than this book was fables like yeah. you know i i don't know i'm um i don't think that like okay so Fuck with fables you. though um <laughs> the point is wow. the fairy tales i think right. th- that's Rage. for this book the point is you know the memory and the uh-huh. fairy tales are just an analog yeah absolutely i uh i don't know i guess i guess we're we're coming to the end of this discussion is there anything else you guys wanted to touch on before we go to buy borrow burn oh the, the one thing i did like is that they had all these characters and there were reveals like oh this old guy is named peter he's peter pan and and this this um uh the guy with the eye patch that was losing pieces of him his body was captain hook uh-huh. yep. yeah so and he was slowly turning clockwork so i thought that was kind of cool and they, like I said before, they pretty much explained all the characters that were in the book, but they no maybe. You know, yeah. I wanted to I wanted to see the three sisters, and I thought that maybe. Oh my god! Really? Well, <laughs> I thought they I thought they were going to I thought they were going to you know show all the three sisters and and for some reason maybe is listening because Schrodinger talks about that that you know the world is falling apart in the future world or. Yeah. I mean, that cat well, is like. essentially. So Joel the... wanted to touch on the three sisters. Yeah, yeah, right. I do. <laughs> I think that's, I, and I think that's part of the problem with the way that this arc plays out, and that it's not, um, that's not a complete arc, right? right is right. that he's saving maybe for Some a future, a future story, or bringing her in later yeah. that may or may not happen. The, right, yes. um, but he did such maybe. a great <laughs> job at explaining his world. You know? Yeah, he he spent all this time. It's like, okay, I have the, these three lands, and they're all in battle against each other. Well, they weren't in conflict but this is a land of imagination and memory and then in the moment and the, there's a battle in between them and then where's the shadow land come into that that i, I have not yeah figured yeah it's out. just part of moments thing like she steals your shadow but that's I, that's very it doesn't fit it, do, nope. it doesn't it's, neither does the tower of babylon either well i think that's just in there because it's a um because it's a um, iconic yeah it's it's one of those things that got pulled from you know from the real world right. so it's one of those things that stolen moments that True. she took out of the legend the fact that the cat the cat is a guide similar to you know like Jiminy Cricket is a guy right. stories and stuff like that He's a pretty shitty guy because he, he's like he's both directing and not directing. Yeah, he's like he's <laughs> passive aggressive. The cat is fucking <laughs> passive aggressive as fuck. He's like, well, where am I? Oh, I mean, you're anywhere you want to be. <laughs> yeah. you know, well, how do I get back? Well, I mean, answer my goddamn yeah, question, yeah, you cat, cat. The cat, dude, it's, it's Schrodinger's cat. What do you expect? So yeah, 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 it's exactly. a paradox. It's no, going I think, to answer I think, and not answer your question. Yeah, at the same time, the the cat is supposed to be like. The every person, you know, he's the only person that talks normally as a, through all this really dry exposition when they're explaining stuff. The cat's like, oh, this is fucking crazy. Let's run. Yeah. You know, um, and that's why he's the most likable character in this whole story yeah. is because he's the one that talks like a real person. He is and is not the most likable. character <laughs> in the story. Is not. <laughs> I think I'm going to go a solid borrow on this. I uh, it's. It's got problems. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go burn because it's got the the world is interesting. I mean, the world is clearly interesting enough to have generated all the conversation that we've just had, uh, and made me think about it deeper than I than I would have otherwise. But it's still a borrow to me because of all the problems that I have with it. What about you, Joel? Yeah, I I can generate a lot of conversation about Millar, but I will still burn <laughs> it. Though. No, um, I I it's a burn. 
I'm I'm gonna have to really yeah wow. okay I I, I think I well, think as I'm get reading that fire more, yeah I think as I'm reading more comics now I can I can discern whether I would want to lend this to somebody or you buy it and I don't think I would lend this to anybody I don't think they would enjoy it Eddie borrow as as I did from Luke <laughs> the morning of um, but yeah it's it's borrow I, I don't I don't enjoy I do not enjoy cliffhangers I'm a type of person that likes the conclusion. Or at least l- likes to know for certain that there is more coming. Like, if I watch a movie and there's a cliffhanger in it, is there going to be a part two? Yes. Okay, then. Now I know what to look forward to. Uh, but having the mystery of a cliffhanger and having the character really not develop anything at all during the story, it's 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 a borrow. I'm going to go with buy. I think it's a fascinating enough world that if a second book comes out, that it'll be totally worth it. Um there's some really good if, ideas that if they get fleshed out. If, I, uh, that's two ifs so far. Yeah. Keep going. Hey, uh, you know what? I'm going to side with maybe on this one. We found maybe. <laughs> we found maybe. Your, your, your conclusion was if this happens and if this happens. Yeah, and it's good enough that um, it's solid. It's not excellent. However, you know, if the world gets Three. expanded upon, I don't give a shit. <laughs> if, 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 if. Look, uh, it's it's good. It's like it's barely a buy, but it's a buy. Oh shit! I actually completely forgot to bring my notes about what the next few shows are going to be. Johnny the Homicidal Maniac. Um, okay, that's the next show, right? Is that the next show? Is that the next show? Maybe Anne's oh. the next show. What was yours? What no, was Anne's your... is the next one. What was Anne doing? Fuck, I don't remember. We, we did Anne's Secret, Secret Six. Six. No, Secret oh. Six was Anne's. Six was yeah. Anne. So what was your suggestion on the last the show? The 12. The 12. So it was it was Johnny's okay. the Homicidal Maniac, then the 12, and then another one of Eddie's suggestions in mine. But the the next two shows, uh, do you know what you're going to yeah, pick? Six Gun Volume 2. Okay. Yeah. I approve of this. Yes. Wholeheartedly. What was that again? The Sixth Gun Volume 2. Oh, okay. Because yeah. you guys already did... The first, We've come the, full circle. The, 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 the soft sh- cover book. The you first did, show was the yes. soft cover. Soft cover. Okay, one. so six gun volume two. Okay, um, and we'll get Anne's and my next suggestion later. Uh, but uh, we will be doing Johnny the Homicidal Maniac by Jonan Vasquez for so the next good. show. Fucking um, boy. That'll be in two weeks. Uh, if um, if you would like to be a part of the show, you can. Like our face, yeah. You can like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash uh, trade secrets podcast. Oh, I, <laughs> I paused so that I wouldn't fuck it up. You can follow you can follow the show on Twitter at trade secrets pod and all of our individual trade Twitters. Pass. We'll start with Anne, who's not here today. It's is her is at Anne Bean tweets. I am at Geek Elite. Uh, Andy is at Mathtastrophe. Uh, 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 Eddie, Eddie is, is at, at Sambo, Sambo Black, Black with no C. <laughs> God, my brain God, today. S a m b o b l a k. I want to create a Twitter account that's Sambo Black Joel, with no C. Superfly, Jesus, Superfly. I like Superfly? looking right at these Superfly. people. Like at least I didn't call yeah. you Anne this time. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, Superfly. The super is Superfly spelled weird? Uh, yeah. There's our Twitter accounts. Uh, if you want to contact us to give us comments, questions, concerns, uh, you can email us at trade secrets at geekerific dot com or call five 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 five. I'm gonna make a Twitter account for Eddie's toe. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
And Maybe you're, a, and you're was, great. Your brain great. My brain great. <laughs> <laughs> your alien baby. <laughs> so um, they'll be friends on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, one last thing before we before we cut out, uh, we are going to be at Emerald City Comic Con, which is in three weeks. Uh, it's the first oh, weekend yeah. of March, and uh, we will have a table in Artists Alley. Uh, I fuck. I got our table number. It's D something, and I don't remember where exactly. I think it's nice. D four is our table number. <laughs> um, and uh, so, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to come meet the trade secrets crew and <laughs> back away from the mic, while I can finish talking. Uh, I think you have Mike. My just mic. there Mike we go. <laughs> wow, no, I'm weird. back. Oh, I don't know what the fuck happened there, but my mic, my mic went out. Drop the mic. Um, <laughs> oh, you turned your mic off, and yeah. it turned both of us off. It, you douche. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're going to be at Emerald Joel. City Comic Con. Stop Wait, it. Wait, you fucker. For the first time in history, you have power over white people. Oh, hey. Oh. Look at that. <laughs> How about that? Okay. Go ahead. Emerald Go ahead, City Comic Con. Come visit us. We will be at the table, uh, and all of us at some point during the show will be manning the table so you can come meet the Trade Secrets crew. Potentially some of the After the Fact crew will be there as well. Uh, we will be talking about... We will be promoting the trade secrets podcast i'm on both shows hopefully doing interviews with some people like we did last year as long as we can get them set up and uh come visit us emerald city comic con march 1st through 3rd at the seattle convention center in seattle washington it's one of the best comic conventions in the in existence right now yes, so yes it is. um this has been episode 40 of the trade secrets pot 40 wow two and a half Way years we've done this show yeah numbers. episode 40 of the trade secrets podcast numbers uh, thank you, Andy, for uh, all the screw-ups and bullshit that I put you through this morning uh, to, dude, to get here good. and for hosting. Thank you, Eddie, for uh, enduring my you know oversleeping, even though you were supposed to meet Damn me. Man. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Joel, for showing up and doing the show with us this morning. You're welcome. Uh, I am Luke, and we are out.